0: This is it right here. Combining a team of reporters, columnists, and commentators. Don't you ever talk about me! Are you serious? Jack Ebling has brought thought provoking discussion.
1: What are you doing? That's a damn coaching mistake.
0: Opinion. The customer is the one who
2: decides when the future gets here.
1: Oh, no! This ship is on
3: fire!
2: You have to check the report.
3: Are you kidding me? That game was fixed.
2: And overall infotainment. I'll take Jim Harbaugh. What has he done?
3: crazy hey,
4: he's
5: coming at
1: you. <laughs>
5: let yeah!
1: Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Thanks, big fella.
5: Don't you ever come back here again!
1: No
6: arguments. Those are called ass So buckle up. You talking to me?
7: No!
3: It's time for The Drive with Jack Ebling.
7: Yeah, for some reason or another...
3: Who sound a little taller on radio. Great afternoon, Mid Michigan and beyond, and welcome to The Drive with Jack. It is the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here with my producer, Boston Rob, on an absolutely gorgeous Monday afternoon. 57 degrees and partly cloudy here in MidMichigan. A little bit nicer day than it was yesterday, and I'm not just talking about the weather. For those of you who are in Breslin Center, you saw a game you will never forget, one that Tom Izzo would love to forget, Ohio State, with a 60-57 to 57 win and as many bizarre things as happened in that game. Can't say the Buckeyes didn't deserve it. Michigan State wet themselves down the stretch of that game. We'll be talking a lot about that. And we have got a great guest to start the show, someone I've wanted to have on for a long time. I think he does as good a job of studio analysis as any former player. And Big Ten Network is very lucky to have former Purdue defensive standout Rafael Davis on the show. I, I don't know how many of you get a chance to watch Big Ten basketball and beyond on Sunday nights with Rick Pizzo, who was a guest on the show last week, Mike DeCourcy who will be in the weeks to come, and, of course, former Michigan coach John Beeline, Rafael, do you have as much fun on that show as it looks like you're having?
6: Uh, yeah, man. I, uh, well, I appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. But being on Big Ten Beyond every Sunday Sunday evening with those guys, I mean, Rick Pizzo, who's been at the Big Ten Network the entire yeah. time, it's been a Big Ten Network, Mike DiCorsi, Hall of Fame Mike, I mean, been in the Hall, <laughs> Writers Hall of Fame, one of the best writers in the country. And then, yeah. obviously, Coach Beeline, one of the best college basketball coaches to walk the face of the earth so i mean i'm just i just i mean i love being there i mean i guess there's a lot of other places that guys that i grew up with are right now a lot of them are not here anymore a lot of them are... be with those guys it's just a blessing
3: well let's start with the news of the day i don't want to bury it um michigan state thought after that win over michigan uh, a week ago Saturday, that they were in pretty good position. Looked like they had a great chance to win four of their last five. Obviously, a game with Northwestern is never easy, and who knows, could be a job saver uh, for Mike Woodson at Indiana. And, of course, there's the uh, annual loss at Purdue, where Michigan State has not won since 2014. But most people, Ray thought that the Spartans would take care of Iowa, team with no defense and Ohio State the 13th place team in the conference with a coaching transition what happened
6: I mean I wasn't one of those people I guess that just thought they would take care of those two games I mean Iowa yeah. I guess you look at a couple I mean previous years they're not known for their defense but they've been really good on both ends of the floor this season especially in big yeah. moments when they have um ability to match up size-wise. And against Michigan State, they can match up size-wise and physicality-wise. But I just think Michigan State, I mean, it's been mind-boggling this season, the inconsistency of their seniors and their older guys. I just think they're, um, with all due respect to the program, this season it's a front-running program. When the crowd is into it, when they're making threes, when they're making jumpers, they look like one of the best teams in the country. But yeah. when, uh, when, it, when, it's, when, it's, when it's time to create their own en- energy, get a big stop, when the basketball isn't going in, there's no flow to a game, they tend to lose those grinded-out type of games. And I think yeah. um, when you have an older team that's not – in today's basketball, you can have older teams, but guys have transferred in. But you because you look at Illinois, Quincy Garriott transferred in, Marcus Domazs transferred in, even yeah. Terrence yeah. Shannon transferred in. With this group in Michigan State, these guys were recruited from Tom Izzo since they were in high school. They know what Michigan State basketball is. They understand what it takes. And to see the see the effort and the fight, the lack thereof, that's been kind of uh, – that's been a little heartbreaking to see. You never yeah. thought you would see a Coach Izzo team not play hard, not defend – not well, they defend, but not rebound. I mean, you get out-rebounded by Ohio State. I yeah. just think they're uh, – they're a little soft this season, and they show showing right now.
3: Yeah. yeah.
6: Ohio State uh,
3: without maybe their best player, too, uh, right before tip-off learning. He's not going to play. But when you think about a uh, Tom Izzo team, as you said, Raphael, and, and you know what that was like when uh, you were coming through Purdue and even before that, uh, Michigan State always had a culture, a character, a way they played. Now – You know, if they break even in rebounds, it stopped the presses and signed the ball. Uh, I just thought that uh, I expected more, and not necessarily wins and losses. I did, but uh, in terms of the effort, the intensity, the way they play, and I know you have respect for Tom and, and some of the talent. You had a Final Four draft recently, and I think Michigan State was one of your teams to
6: watch. Yeah, for sure cuz you think if, at this point in the season, I see Michigan State and if they're able to get a 10 seed, I think they can beat a lot of the 7s. I was talking to Mike DeCoursey and you look at Michigan State, if they were to get a 10 and say they got a Utah State or something as a 7, I think yeah. they could win that game. I think they could beat that, I think they could beat that team. I have no issues with that. And then I think a hooked up Michigan State team, a hooked up AJ Hogarth, a hooked up I hooked up Malik Hall And then if you get a productive Jaden Akins, especially knocking down a few shots from deep, I would Mm -hmm. take Michigan State over a two. You think of Marquette, as probably a two seed. I'll take Michigan State over over Marquette. And then at that point, the momentum they will be building, the kind of – that they will be playing with. And then you got Coach Izzo. At that point, seeding go out the window, in my opinion. Then you're just playing ball. But I would take Michigan State over a seven. If they were a ten, I'd take them over a two in the field. So at this point it's all about wow. positioning. If they get the right if they get the right matchups and the right seeding, I think it could be a fun year in March. I think like I said, if I'm a seven right now and I'm from a mid major conference and I had a great year and my reward was to play Tom Izzo as a ten, I don't know if I'd be happy about that. And then if I was <laughs> if I was a two seed and I'm thinking I'm skating through and I'm getting there and next thing you know I see this ten seed making a run, but this ten seed is Coach Izzo and Tyson Walker and Malik Hall and A.J. Hogar, who last year's tournament showed he could be one of the better players in the country, that's not really a treat either. So I think in a tournament sometimes it comes down to matchups and just getting there, and then when you get there, you're playing your best ball of the season. Because we've seen teams with higher seeds lose every season. It's all about the matchups, and it's all about who's playing well. And maybe these two losses that Michigan State has taken, it could wake them up. Because I can remember Purdue – When I was being recruited, when Purdue lost on senior night to Northwestern, they had Twan and Robbie and Chris Kramer and those guys, and they ended up losing that game on senior night, but then they went on to win the Big Ten Tournament Championship. They made it to a Sweet 16, and that kind of loss propelled them through the season. I think Michigan State could do the same. Wow.
3: Uh, You know what, Rob? Uh, Sometimes you just need a different messenger. And I think maybe Tom, the next time uh, he sees Raphael, ought to have him talk to the players because I think they would appreciate it. And if they didn't appreciate it, uh, Raphael could still take him out on the court and defend them. So
6: uh, we, we know. What <laughs> I don't know saying. if I could say something better than Coach Izzo. Coach Izzo got me drinking their, coach, their Michigan State Kool-Aid. But maybe I could uh, I definitely lock those dudes up. You give me, any, give me a ball in the half court and we go to five. I don't think any of those dudes are getting to five.
3: <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about your former team, uh, Matt Painters, Purdue Boilermakers, and Zach Eady. And I've always said, Rafael, that until I saw Steph Curry at Davidson, the best college shooter I ever saw was in my college days. My freshman year at Michigan State was Rick Mount's senior year at Purdue, and a rocket was amazing, the shots he would take. It looked like he's even looking at the basket. And uh, he would just go straight up, and ball would be flying through the twine. It's just such a pretty jump shot. I thought he was the greatest maker of all time, better than Joe Barry Carroll or anyone else. Uh, I'm starting to think now that if you have a Purdue Mount Rushmore, it might start with Zach Eady.
6: Uh, I think it starts with Big Dog. I think. Um, oh yeah, we talking about Glenn, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
6: I think. I think for me, it will start with Big Dog. Um I mean, the, I mean, being number one draft pick, the season he averaged thirty yeah. in a game. A game that a thousand in the season. I do think. um I think you start with Big Dog, and then I think the compare it, the next person you mentioned will be Zach. I think if Zach Eadie is able to reach a Final Four this season, I think he's. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to win Player of the Year, but I think if he's able yeah. to reach a Final Four. I think then he will be the best player in all time. I think I think that's what it's going to take to kind of eclipse Big Dog. I think Big Dog, numbers wise, the two years he played, the impact he had, I think on college basketball and just the if Big Dog played in today's game, I still think he'd be the number one pick in the draft. So I think I think I think he I think he's there, and I think the way Zach could pass him will be going to a Final Four. And if he reaches the net, wins the national championship, I mean, there's no question about it. But I think the way he's um, progressed throughout his career, year by year, he's gotten better. He's gotten in better shape. He's added stuff to his game defensively. He's a whole different beast this season, I think. And then in the locker room, leadership wise, it's not often when your best player, your your rock, is your best your best leader in the locker room. I think Zach is uh, Zach has been big time in all facets this year.
3: You know, when you mention Glenn Robinson, uh, you Northern Indiana guys got to stick together. But when you think about that, and he did not get to the Final Four. He had that classic matchup, Purdue and Duke, Uh, Glenn Robinson and Grant Hill. And uh, Purdue came up just a little short in that game. But if the Boilermakers can do what Virginia did, Raphael. Remember, they were the one that lost to a sixteen. Purdue just the second one to do that. I was in Columbus last year when that happened. And and I said after the game, don't be surprised if the same script happens and Purdue wins it all. I didn't know they were getting Lance Jones. But I just have enough respect for Matt Painter, uh, for Edie. He's a weapon unlike any other in college basketball. And I wouldn't want to play him. I think you took Purdue and your selections too, right?
6: Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think um, this season, I mean, you look at Brandon Smith, you look at Brandon Smith and you see the game at Michigan, 11 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. His maturity has really, really helped this group. I mean, he's more confident. He can score the ball at a higher pace, at a higher rate. I think um, Lance Jones, the addition of him on the wing, has been big time. He gives him a legit score a guy that can go get his own basket, a guy that can make threes, a guy that can put pressure on the defense in transition. Defensively, he can guard your best player on the wing. He can stay in front of those quick guards that normally give Purdue trouble the last couple years. And then Fletcher Lawyer is back to his natural position as a shooter. He's got to make some shots going the rest of the season. I think just think they have a, um, they have a better team. I think you think about those days when – Purdue were really good. With Robbie Hummel and those guys, it's the same formula. It's a quick point guard that can make plays. It's a guy that can score the ball. Like I'm not saying Lance Jones is a Moore, more, but he can give you a bucket from the perimeter. And then you have a guy that can make shots like a Ryan Smith was. And then you have a, a guy, a utility guy like Mason Gillis. He can make a three. He can make a pass. He can rebound the ball. He's not the player Robbie Hummel was, but he gives you the same effectiveness on offense and defense. Yeah. He doesn't lose much. And then Jawan Johnson – Zach Eady, I think it's the same formula. I think last year they didn't have that guy on the wing that can go get a basket. They didn't have that guy that you get the ball to and say, get out of the way, get me one. I think this year they have Lance, and then if you put Braden in the ball screen, he's been really creative, really crafty, really confident, and that that jump shot around 15 foot around that elbow, when he gets there at the ball screen, you can almost count it.
3: fellow, is Zach Eady a pro? I've seen so many different opinions. Some people have him in the second round. Some say he could sneak into the first. I wouldn't want to try to guard him, and I think he's different from a lot of the uber bigs because he can shoot free throws pretty well. He moves pretty well. Uh, I don't think he's just a big guy. Uh, he can work with both hands. He can pass much better now. Uh, why can't he make it in the NBA?
6: I think he could. I think he could. I think he could defend the ball screen. I think he's taking a step up. This season on ball screens, I think um, he's rebounding he rebound out of his area. He's not a guy that just has to stand still let the ball come to him. He's a good rim protector. I mean, he can score in a block. He can score off offensive rebounds. I think he could be a pro. I think he could be a first-round pick. I think uh, he can make jumpers. I know we've seen him make one, but I've been in practice, obviously, and I've seen him hit a few in a row and knock down shots all over the court. He's a really skilled guy, and he puts in the work. So, I think the sky's is the limit for Zach Eady, and I hope he gets the chance to be able to show it. Because I don't think he's one of those big guys that that's going to get to the NBA and not work out. I think um, I think it'll work out for him if he's able to get in the right position, right situation.
3: Rafael, the last Big Ten team to win a national title was Michigan State in 2000. We're not going to count Maryland when it was in the ACC, but that's been 24 years. What are the chances that that changes with Purdue, with Illinois? It's kind of a dangerous team, unusual team. And, you know, you are even talking a little bit about Michigan State. What are the chances that the Big Ten gets off the schneid?
6: Uh, There's a good chance. Purdue can get to a Final Four. I can see that. I can see Illinois getting to a Final Four. If you get it hooked up, Coleman Hawkins, then those yeah. guys are locked in defensively. So I think it could – there's a possibility that I could change. I mean, just like every season. But I think this is a really good year that if I had to gun to my head and I had to bet on a team, I would say <laughs> Purdue makes a Final Four. I feel really strongly about Purdue getting there to a Final Four. I think I think Illinois can make a push. Like I said, if Michigan State gets the right matchups, so I think they can get there. I think yeah. there's talent in this league. I think um, year after year we've seen talent. I think this year – is better than last year. I think the teams are better. I think they're older. I think they're more mature. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the
3: tournament. We know what the Big Ten Player of the Year is. Who's the Big Ten Coach of the Year?
6: <clears throat> um, I would say it's between, right now, it's between Coach Ben Johnson and Coach Hoiberg. I think uh, if Coach Hoiberg is able to get to a tournament, and he's mm-hmm. able to um, get to an NCAA tournament after finishing 12th in the league, and then that last season finishing 13th in the league, I think um, it'll be him. But I think if there's a situation, say Nebraska, and the wheels fall off, and they don't get in, I could see him and Coach Johnson splitting it, because Coach Johnson coming from last place in the league, now he's middle of the pack. But I mean, I think those two guys kind of lead the charge. I think Coach Painter should definitely get a look. I mean, people just yeah. think it's easy to win, but you win the Big Ten by a couple games, two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, there's something to be said about that. And again, guys to buy in and getting guys to come off of the bench and be able to come in and maximize effort and things of that sort. So I think um, I think those two need the charge. I think Coach Painter should get a serious consideration.
3: Yeah, yeah. Those are three good choices, and, and I think Chris Collins has done a nice job at Northwestern. Yeah, for sure. As well. Uh, one more Purdue question for you, and uh, you probably can answer this better than any guest we've had on the show, although uh, I thought Robbie did a pretty good job with it. Uh, When you think about Purdue basketball, think of all the championships. Gene Cady, how many times was he coach of the year? And, uh, you know, Purdue, the winningest team in terms of of being able to say no team has a winning record against them. But no Final Four appearance since 1980. That is 44 years, a number that's etched in the minds of many people uh, in the Hoosier State. Uh, what has to happen, what has to change for Purdue to win four games in the NCAA tournament?
6: I just, I just think – hold on one second. I just think yeah. they will have to just continue to just defend at a high level. I think the perimeter defense will have to increase. I think the one thing in a tournament that can get Purdue issues would be just simply guarding, guarding your yard. I think um, – yeah. When Purdue has to face a perimeter that has three guards that can score and you can't really hide their defenders, I think those teams give Purdue trouble. I think you look at the Northwestern game, all three of those guards go off for 20. So I think um, when Purdue is lost, they've lost the teams that have multiple guys that can score from the perimeter, and they need to uh, shore up their perimeter defense.
3: Rayfield, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Enjoy watching you, and uh, keep up the great work on
6: BTN oh uh, yeah i appreciate you having me on anytime and then for anybody out there listening i actually have a non nonprofit foundation yes. Life Inc., and um we uh have actually have having a a free basketball camp free spring break basketball camp up in fort wayne indiana um at the rec center and if you're looking for more information or to sponsor camp or sponsor kids to camp you go to rayfield dot com
3: well i'm gonna start publicizing
6: that a lot of um we do a lot of cool stuff this thanksgiving and winter we um we fed 50, 50 families Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. A less fortunate families. We um we took forty young men to Purdue University this past fall for a college tour and watched a football game and a tour campus. So we uh, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff. So I really appreciate the support.
3: Yeah, and if you just check out Rafael on X or, or on any site, uh, Rafael Davis three, and it's Rafael P H E A L. It's crew life. Nonprofit Foundation, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Congratulations.
6: I appreciate it. Have a good one.
3: Yeah. We'll be right back, and you're going to hear from Tom Izzo yesterday. You'll hear his entire post game press conference. And someone sent me a message and said he wasn't mad. He was just deflated, dejected. Dejected, yeah. I. Uh, I was not there, Rob. You know, we, we sat together for the game, and with about 45 seconds to go, I headed for the door and watched on the big television right near the doors because I had to get out, beat traffic, get yep. home in time for press pass. The game had gone overtime. I don't know what I was going to do, but uh, I just watched that shot go in from the lobby, and the TV was delayed. That wasn't synced up. So, uh, actually, we heard the crowd.
0: I was going to say the oh, crowd told you everything you needed to know,
3: and then we saw the ball go in the basket. Yeah, but you're going to hear Tom Izzo's reaction and explanation, rationale for what happened yesterday, and then Bob Trippy will be with us. Our director of research, Captain Database, coming up on the drive with Jack.
7: To everyone who believes in tradition, let our team member Caitlin share one that's been at the heart of Culver's since the beginning.
8: In Wisconsin, we love a good fish fry and bringing folks together over a fresh meal. It's why we still hand batter our North Atlantic cod and cook it crispy golden to order. Sharing our Wisconsin favorites with all of you, it's the best part of our day.
7: Come to Culver's and get a taste of our fish fry tradition. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to Delicious.
3: Hey Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Jack Ebbler here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Ocumus. we got a brand new Traverse and brand new Equinox coming in.
0: Yes, we do, Jack. My favorite time of year. Anytime we get new product, it is just awesome. We've got the brand new Traverse built right here in Lansing, completely redesigned. It is absolutely spectacular. And then we have our number one volume vehicle month in and month out, the all new Equinox. Same thing, completely redesigned. It is awesome. Stop and see Matt and the gang here at Graph of Ocumus. They're making friends.
9: Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com. So,
8: it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Medawar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. To everyone
7: who needs a little delight in their day, let our team member Paul tell you about one of our favorite sweet treats.
1: Making special moments at mealtime is a tradition in Wisconsin. And what better way to sweeten your day than a Culver's Creamy Fresh Frozen Custard and your favorite mix-ins? We handcraft every concrete mixer exactly the way you like. From caramel to your favorite candies like Butterfinger.
7: Come to Culver's and let us make your day a little bit sweeter. From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to delicious.
3: Jack Evelyn here with my good
0: friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Ocumus. You got a couple new Nissan products coming. Yes, we do, Jack. It's exciting. Our Rogue, which is our number one volume vehicle at Nissan, gets a total refresh this year. New headlights, new taillights, new grille. Just eye-popping. It's going to be great for us. And then we also have the all-new Kicks available on all-wheel drive this year for the first time ever. It is drop-dead gorgeous. Should be a home run for us. Fantastic. Stop and see Matt and the gang at Graph of Ocumus. They're making friends.
3: Hey Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Welcome back. It is The Drive with Jack, Spotlight Radio Network. More today than yesterday. It doesn't hurt more today than it did yesterday. For Michigan State fans, I heard more people searching for explanations, wondering who to blame, who to castigate, who to castrate, who to uh, assess not just yesterday but a season of disappointment. And Tom Izzo dealt with all that and more yesterday after the game. Here's his post-game press conference at Breslin Center.
10: Well, it was a very disappointing lead for all but .06 seconds, tied for about a minute, and uh, yet we didn't deserve to win the game. They deserved to win the game. I made plays. I mean, it's hard to say what our defense was. We hold them to 24 and 10 the first half. Um, They make three threes the whole game. Just such a shame for me. I mean, I the crowd was unbelievable. Um... It's almost like these players, you know, sometimes they expect everybody to give to them. they got to give something back to the crowd, and we didn't do that. And I didn't, they didn't, and that was disappointing. We're probably not going to win many games if our two shooters go, what did they go, six for 24? Um, you know, uh Both of them struggled. Um, I thought Booker did a nice job. I thought Cohen played okay. It was our veterans. We didn't rebound the ball. Um, We didn't make wide-open shots. Um, That can get frustrating. I only turned it over ten times before them in the last minute. So I had a lot of film watching the dude to find out what I think went wrong. So probably less said, the better for me but I'll answer any question you got.
8: Tom, on the defensive end for you in the second half, what changed to allow them to shoot
10: 51%? Well, I, I thought, uh, you know, Devin Royal, who hasn't been playing much, really hurt us. He gets 14 points there. Um, I just thought that uh, sometimes guys let their offense dictate their defense, and um, we didn't do as good a job. Uh, I thought A.J. did a hell of a job on Thornton. And even though Gale only went three for 10, he gets offensive rebounds and gets fouled and gets free throws, goes six for six. And, um, you know, I mean, if you look at their stats other than Royal, they're not very good. And yet uh, they shoot 37 and 17, and we lose at home, you know. And rebounding was part of it. Not getting to the line enough is part of it best shooters, not being able to make shots was part of it. Probably I didn't do a good enough job coaching them as part of it and uh, give them credit. Um, Had them down 13 and 12 and, and they didn't quit so give them
9: credit. Tom, I know you always focus on accountability for your teams and yourself. You even mentioned last week with the change that this program went through, how much of an X factor is it when they're up, they have a big win against Purdue, they come in like that, it's almost like some new blood. How much of an X factor can that be in uh, running to a team a couple weeks out for something like that?
10: I don't think any. I really don't. I just think when you got three seniors that have been through the wars, um, that shouldn 't have anything to do with it, you know i mean we 're playing for a lot too, and we 're at home playing in front of a crowd that was so good and uh, you know in between ripping me and us, which it would be deserved, but at least thank them because they did their job a lot better than I did mine um, but i't don't, I, don't, I really don 't think that had anything to do with it. Sure, they won a game, they went to Minnesota and lost. You know, everybody's beaten somebody this year. Uh, it, it was more about us than it was about them. If, if, in, in in my mind, and, and it's kind of shown 37-17, I mean, those aren't very good numbers, and uh, they still won. Tom, wondering about the decision with Booker in the second
0: half. You put him on a bench with 15. They started attacking you guys inside, and I think he had three blocks at that
10: point. What changed with him out for you guys? Well, they were running uh, – those guards were running off ball screens, and we just didn't think he was uh, as available to do things as some of our veterans. And uh just a coaching decision we made. I love what Booker did. He did a lot of good things. And uh, – but there were some things that you didn't see that he didn't do on, on coverages, and and uh, so that's the only thing that changed. Um, he did have some blocks, he did have some things, and uh, give him credit for that, but uh, at the same time, um, you know, we struggled to rebound the ball. They were getting rebounds in there, and then maybe he blocks a shot,
1: but But there was nothing bad, and everything about Booker, I thought, was good. You heavily emphasized more defensive uh, intensity after Tuesday. Despite the outcome, did you see a lot of growth and improvement in that area? Uh, I saw some. You know,
10: I thought there was a lot of loose balls we didn't get, a lot of balls on the ground we didn't get. Um, You know, but like I said, we had two guys that really struggled, and... And uh, uh, when you struggle that much shooting the ball, I think it affects all of your game. I didn't think we guarded as well with those guys either. But uh, I, uh, the numbers show that we're somewhat better defensively. Yeah.
11: Jayden's been talking a lot over the last like few weeks um, about playing desperate. And tonight it just seemed like you guys didn't.
10: Oh, I thought he played desperate. I mean, uh, taking the ball in there and getting it, you know, doing things that desperate doesn't mean out of control. But go ahead. I'm sorry.
11: No, 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 you're good. Um, But that's kind of what I wanted to get into. It wasn't until that 7-0 swing in the second half where it really seemed like everyone on the floor was at that desperation point. I guess, did, did you see that, or am I?
10: No, I, I didn't think we were desperate enough the whole game, if you want the truth. I mean, I, I didn't think, I mean, our defense was pretty good and we were doing some things, but we weren't making shots ever. You know, the whole game, we had wide open. I mean, t- poor Ty had about three at the end, wide open threes. We just, we didn't we didn't make any of them. And uh, so I don't know if that's desperate. Um, I think people don't play as desperate now. They're more worried about their own games. As Desperate means you're worried about the team. And uh, I, I didn't think we were I, – I didn't think every loose ball um, has been one of our problems. I didn't think we got a lot of those loose balls. I mean, we were down at halftime, right, rebounding? You know, so desperate you would. Seven-minute mark. Um, I don't think we changed the rebounding much. But we missed some great shots, and uh, hard to do that. I mean, he can't score 60 points at home. That's never happened, I don't think, in a long time. So, uh,
7: Tom, Tyson, I think, took his first shot, I want to say 12 minutes in maybe, and goes four, five for 15. Did, were they guarding him well? Do you think it was just an off night for him? Was it a combination? No, you know, I
10: think he was frustrated with that. But it sure wasn't the calls, and it – I mean, yeah, when you're one of the better players, you're going to get defended, you know. Like, I thought I thought A.J. did a hell of a job on Thornton. You know, he gets two breakaways because of turnovers we have. Other than that, he goes two for 11, you know. So Ty's got to realize that, you know, people are going to come at him more. They're going to double him. He's going to come off ball screens. They're going to do things, um, you know. For some reason tonight, I thought it really frustrated him, but maybe not. Um, but... You know, like I said, if my two shooters shoot that way, we're not gonna. Um, nobody's gonna win games with that. You know, your defense is gonna carry you so far.
7: Uh, Tom, one of the narratives around this team is that they've been somewhat feast or famine throughout the year. How much would you say you agree with that sentiment?
10: Um, you know, I I, I don't know where the feast has been you know I mean uh I don't think any game I felt like we you know got I shouldn't say any but not enough games we we, we put our foot on their throat you know I, I I don't think we've done a great job of that AJ said you know we're not finishing very well he's right so I don't know if it's feast or famine um I really don't but we'll uh I'm just going to have to look at the film and see. You know, it, 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 Some of the things we did, I just thought were mind-boggling to me. And uh, it's under my tutelage, so i got to figure it out. Tom, um, I know in the Big Ten, anybody can win anywhere. But you had two games here at
2: home. How do you stop the bleeding Singer, what your remaining games that are coming
10: up? and? Would you rather have another game this week, or do you think the team needs uh, the week? Yeah, you know, I told you about the basketball gods. The basketball gods, you know, we've been going on a pretty tough schedule, right? And now this week we get five or six days between games, and it's spring break. You know, you can think that's good. It's not good. I mean, last week I gave them two days off just because I thought they were so worn down. So, um, your question was what? I'm sorry. Just,
4: how do you uh, stop the bleeding? Go, get ready to go
10: into Mackey. I mean, I know Play you- Edie. Stop the bleeding that way. Um, you know, this is one time I'm going to say they've got to figure some things out, too. You know, we had a really good couple days of practice. and. You know, Early on, when we missed some shots, guys' heads just went down. I mean, it was—it was, to be honest with you, that's ridiculous. And uh, so, you know, we'll meet with them, we'll talk to them, we'll we'll work at it. But they got to make some decisions too. And uh, you know, it's a day and age, and we're not allowed to blame anybody else. So I'll take all the blame. But players got to make some decisions. You know, Um, we had enough good shots. We had enough chances to get a rebound. And we didn't do that. And uh, we got to do a better job of that.
1: Tom, have uh, State playing without Jamison Battle and the had- Yeah, I think that helped them.
10: You know, yeah, I know that sounds stupid, but last year, you know, they played without a great player, their best player. And uh, and I warned my staff about that, you know. And I thought uh, Gail did a lot more. He was a lot more active. Uh, I shouldn't say it helped them, but... Um, I don't know if Royal would have played as much. Um, in fact, he wouldn't have because they would have played him at the four. Um, I thought they went to Oak Park Oak Bar a little bit more. So um, give Jay credit. He did a good job of that. And, uh, But you never know. You know, sometimes I, I swear when I get into a game, if somebody's missing a player and I don't find out till right before the game, it's never a good thing from my standpoint. And yet uh, I, I do appreciate that Battle's a good player and – but I don't look at it like, boy, if they had a battle,
1: they'd have beat you by 15. I really don't. Well, what I wanted to ask was that uh, you ha- they had some guys step up that weren't expecting, I'm sure, coming in right. this morning. What does it take for a player, maybe at this stage of the season, to be able to say, okay, this guy's not playing. I need to give more than i have given at any point. How does a player do that at this point of the season?
10: Oh, man. I know when I was a player, that would have been a dream come true. You know, you never hope somebody else gets hurt or somebody else is sick. or something. But I remember one time when a freshman coach that I had said, don't worry about why you get the opportunity, just make sure you take advantage of the opportunity. A guy named Dwayne Jones who coached at U and all over. Um, it's a pretty good point. You know, some guys do that, some guys don't. And uh, I just thought that uh, they had a couple guys, and give Royal credit. Um, He really stepped up. But if you look at the rest of their stats, they're not very good either. And
1: uh, neither are ours. We saw Mahdi look a little more comfortable off the bench today. Uh, How did the... Change, move to the bench, affect him from a confidence standpoint. Look,
10: here's here's the deal on that. So you know, I mean, um, you know, some of you are going to be so incredibly. um, Most of you have gone to every practice every week since I started the season. One time, right? Most of you, and you saw what book was like. You know, I think it was uh, Tyson Walker said to me two days ago, "Man, he's improved in two weeks." You know, so I, you know. The easy thing for a writer to do is say, Why didn't you play him more? Why didn't you do this? And um, trust me when I say, Book knows exactly what's going on. I spent hours with Book, hours, and helped me tell me what he was feeling and what he thinks he wasn't ready for and was. And uh, we did it because we thought the matchup at center was more his size you know, compared to some of these beasts that we've played against. And so that has something to do with it. And you don't want to put a guy in there and he gets crushed and then the confidence goes to hell. But we'll be able to build on this with Marty. It um, doesn't mean, you know, we've we got a strange situation the next game because you got a guy that is so big and they go to so often. Um, so we'll have to make some decisions. But, um uh, I'm really proud of Mahdi. I mean, uh, he gave an interview to somebody in here, and Jay Wright, who was at the game, said it was one of the best interviews you've ever heard because he didn't complain, didn't do this and that, explained things very well. And I think there's an advantage to letting you guys come to practice. If you really come there to look and watch and not gossip and talk, you'd see what he could and couldn't do. And he is getting better, and that's what should happen, just like it did to Draymond at the end of the season and just like it did to Xavier Tillman. I mean, guys, that's, that's what the process is. So um, we're going to continue to grow with him, and he's going to be a superstar next year. I really believe that. He'll get bigger and stronger and, and learn how to play more physical and, and hopefully we'll make some progress still this year and what we got left.
11: Early in the season, you had mentioned that like leadership was kind of a concern whether or not this this group is prepared for that type of responsibility. Um, sounds like we're still seeing that a little bit now at yeah. this point. How, I guess, concerning is it that that is still an issue with guys that have been here and done that? And is it salvageable well, at
10: this point? Well, it's not. You know, uh, being a leader doesn't mean that you're experienced. I mean, i had experienced guys that couldn't lead their way out of a – you know, bathroom. I mean, just because you're experienced, that doesn't mean you're a leader. You know, leadership is something that we're all craving for. We're all looking for leadership is something that is within. I mean, uh, you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of others. That's what leaders do. And there's not a lot of people. And I said, I told you, I thought COVID hurt that because we all siloed in on ourselves. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that our leadership is very good, but I told you the same to me at the beginning. I I hope nobody thought I was going to give somebody a shot and all of a sudden they became a leader because that doesn't happen. Um, you know, there's some great players that you followed that were great players and not great leaders. And there's another guy that's not a great player maybe, but is a great leader. And that's the problem, you know, is uh, – but i don 't know if that had anything to do with tonight. I thought you know I put a lot on uh, AJ and i I was really uh, I really was pleased with AJ for the most part. I'd like to see him rebound a little bit better, but uh, he played damn good defense. on a very good player in Thornton he uh he went four for eight he made one for one from the three and nine points, four assists, one turnover, a block shot. I thought AJ played pretty well um, you know, we're just not very strong in that. That Some of it's just our size. They go inside and get fouled. We go inside and they call it a block. You know, I, I was a little disappointed in that with the officiating too, but that's the way it goes when the basketball gods get you. A couple more.
0: So, I
7: don't know if this is too summary, but I'm just wondering, did you hear a player voice in the locker room after when you lost two straight home games late in the year? Did that let you know, like, they get a, they have a sense of no, what type of opportunity
10: not. this was? And, and no, creating? I mean, everybody's pretty down about it, you know. Thank God we got a week in a way, but no, no, no. I mean, and that's not totally abnormal. The first one, yes. The second one, you know, I mean, guys led the whole game and were stunned with a – I don't know, anybody know what kind of shot that was? I mean, was it open? No, it was not It just falling away, kind of, I heard. I didn't, I didn't really see it. That Refs that I thought were average got in the way of mine, so I, I didn't see it. Um, but, um, no, there was nobody. Uh, you know, I think everybody was pretty down, which can be a positive, too. They should be down. You know, I don't remember losing two games in a row, and I don't know, Matt, you'd know. So, you know, um, I'm going to have to figure out how to change that. And uh, just disappointing that we would shoot as poorly as we should have. I mean, when Ty had that one in the corner, he's had two in the corner with nobody near him. Um And I hope those go in. Uh, If they don't go in, you don't win. If they do go in, all of a sudden you're up. You know, Bookhead one halfway down would have put us up, I think, 12 or 11. Tied a couple that would have put us up seven or eight. Um, Game changes a lot. And uh, we didn't do a very good job at the end. Um, You know, we kind of figured and knew what they'd go to, and they went to it. A little bit of a blown coverage. Muddy had uh, doubled the, the low post a couple times earlier. And then he got that foul, which is half phantom. And then uh, the last time he just didn't go. And, I mean, A.J., when you're one-on-one with a guy, i sure wasn't his fault. So they deserve to win. Um, how much
7: does this one sting to, compared to some other losses this year, especially with this one being at, at the buzzer, basically? Um,
10: I would say this one stings about as much as any loss I've had in eight or ten years. You know, I just felt like we practiced well enough to really play well. I didn't care who they had. I was more worried about us than them. And uh, we didn't. And uh, so... At the end of the day, as always is, I have to take the responsibility for that and will. I just got to make sure I watch the film and know everything I'm talking about before I do it. But uh, I'll do it, and uh, I'll watch it tonight, and I'll try to figure it out. But, you know, nobody tried to miss shots. Um, The crowd tried hard to keep us in it. I mean... I mean, they were so damn good. It's, uh, I just feel bad. I am different than a player. I do feel like um, I play for all the people. I play for 600,000 alums. I play for every player that ever played here. And I, I'm saddened to think that I don't, I don't see enough players doing that this day and age. And, and uh, I do feel bad about that. But times are changing. And things are changing, and just part of the new world. But um, I'll look at that and try to figure it out. So, whatever. Yeah, I'm just wondering about the other
0: bigs. Um, you know, kind of what you saw from Coop and and Kohler. It seemed like there were
10: moments of good play and, yeah. and some defensive lapses, maybe yeah. a little bit. You know, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, with Kohler and and uh, Xavier, we. He got more offense. Uh, Mahdi was by far the best rebounder of the bunch. I don't know what he ended up with, but he got his hands on a lot of them. He gets six in 15 minutes. You know, he's by far the best rebounder and uh, and did a good job defensively in a lot of ways, except maybe for that last one. But, um, you know, I didn't think Coop was quite as good as he's been and, and – uh, you know, defensively or rebounding, and uh, I should check and see before I say it. I, th- I thought Jackson played okay. You know, I thought Jackson played okay. I, I mean, Coop had nothing but a foul and a turnover. You know, um, didn't get a rebound, and but maybe it's hard to do that in seven, eight minutes. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I thought, in some ways, we tried to rotate the guys to get what we could get out of the guys. Uh, for what we were missing, and uh, the rebounding was hurting us. Thanks.
3: That was Tom Izzo yesterday after the game. One of the most shocking finishes ever in Breslin Center, and not in a good way. We're gonna stay right here and welcome in Bob Trippy, our director of research, longtime state of Michigan sports writer at Captain Database working on several important projects as we speak. Bob, what happened yesterday at Breslin Center? (laughs) I don't
2: know. I I mean, total shock is is probably a good word for it because, um, again, they blew a big second-half lead, and – Gave up a shot. It reminded me of a game I covered back in 2012, and I still can see it to this day. William Buford, but that, shit, that yep. ended up, uh, you know, giving Ohio State the win and a share of the Big Ten
3: championship, if I'm not That's mistaken. Right. That's right. Uh, and they met again in the Big Ten championship game, and uh, Michigan State got a little revenge. That was the Brandon Wood game. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, the game with all the lead changes—it set the record yes. for most lead changes in a championship game.
10: Yeah,
2: yesterday, you know, we all want to blame the big guys for you know yeah. the reason yeah. the reason that this team lost. But in reality, you gotta you gotta look at the whole the whole team as a whole. I mean, when your guards uh, aren't shooting very well, you know. I believe Jaden Akins was but one of nine, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, you look at that. You look at Hogarth was four of eight. only at 50%. The Walker was not hitting the shots. He's no. five of 15. No. So, the, so the guys, you need to actually step up and hit their shots, which, you know, yeah. most of the time we see at Breslin. You know, you, you want to believe that um, being on your home court, that you do have some advantage because right. you play on it more and you're, you're more apt to hit your shots. But it was just... It, it wasn't solely the center position as being the culprit in this thing, but again, they you know they also didn't do a very good job rebounding, which Tom kind of pointed out yesterday. Just yeah. just disappointing because this is this is one of those games, and it's funny that a couple of weeks ago you and I had talked about how we thought that this was going to be a stretch where. You know, possibly the only game they end up losing down the stretch would be Purdue. Little did we know that they were going to lose to Iowa. They,
3: they could lose them lose. all. They could. Very well could. They could lose to Northwestern very easily. Uh, Wildcats yes. have beaten them three in a row, and then they go to Indiana, and that could be a job saver for Mike Woodson. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, there's another
2: surprise team, but but yeah, yesterday was just—it's it, beyond heartbreaking. It, it's one of the the worst losses I've seen, you know, in, in recent yeah. years. I'm not saying it's the worst loss ever, but it's one of those ones where you just say to yourself, "How did they lose this game?" But yeah. it, it, for whatever reason, this team, you know, they they get a big lead in the second half, and they just cannot hold on to it. And yeah. all you Either need to do is they get off to a here start. Or there.
3: Sometimes they don't show up, they get the wrong game time. Bob, a lot of times when people are asked uh, how did they win or how did they lose, they try to simplify it to one thing. And that's good, I guess, but it's very seldom accurate. And when you blow a late double-digit lead to a 13th-place Big Ten team and you get outscored the way they did down the stretch, uh, it's very seldom one thing. It's a group of things. It's a shared blame, if you will. And Tom Izzo was happy to take his share of it. But uh, you can look at the guards. You can look at the centers. Uh, There weren't many guys who played well. And when your two best scorers uh, on the perimeter are 6 for 24, and you can't throw it in the ocean from the boat, wide open looks reminded me a little bit of a game when Michigan State was much better team and was in downtown Detroit in the NCAA tournament against Syracuse and uh, lost that game. It took until the final seconds for people to really realize, hey, this dream is over. Uh, I'm not saying this dream is necessarily done for Michigan State, but, uh, you know, same deal. You got the best looks you could possibly find for your best shooters and they couldn't find that.
2: Yeah, and you know what? You're absolutely right. There, there were times where they they had the shot there. I mean, wide open looks, and I, I would say, yeah, you take the shot at that point. But you got to hit the shots. You, you look at the second yeah. half; they were old for, for seven for seven yeah. three point shooting. And the thing that, that really really gets me is you look at the free throws. Uh, you know. Ohio State went to the line 18 times, Michigan State 11. We just do not end up getting to the right. free throw line enough. Right, right, and, um, exactly. It's it's just something that I don't know what it is with the team. And, and, and here's what I was telling somebody uh, last night, when we're just still trying to figure out what's going on. The team doesn't look like it's having fun. And no. what I mean, here's, here's what I mean by that. If you watch the women's team – they're yeah. out there having fun. The they play are with Troy. playing. Yes. Oh my God! Yes, they. Yes. And you know what? They are fun to watch. Yes. They really are fun to watch. And yeah. I'm not blaming Tom or or you know any of the coaches, but there's it, something. There's something going on there where these guys either are too yeah. stressed out. They they need to relax, have fun, because you know whether it's football, basketball, or whatever. They, you know the the key part if you want to be a real good player you got to have fun and enjoy what you're doing out there. They don't look like they're having fun. I mean, I remember the days with Mateen and a lot of the other guys. You'd see a lot of smiles and stuff. You don't see that. You might see it on Walker, you know, occasionally. But he's getting beat up out there left and right. I don't know how you could smile. But um, this team just doesn't look like it's having fun. And um, I I don't know how you solve that. I really don't.
3: I mean, I think it's a couple of things, but you're – you're right, you're right. Uh, there is no uh, look of, of joy out there with these guys, and, and maybe some of that is pressure. Maybe some of it is just what we're seeing now with guys thinking about their brand, about uh, name, image, and likeness, and where's their next check coming. Uh, it certainly changed the game. But, Bob, I said yesterday this was the most unsenior like senior-dominated team I'd ever seen. Yeah, that's, that's a true lack statement. Lack of leadership, just, a you know, guys doing dumb things, things that you would never expect a veteran player to do, and they do it over and over, and the lapses in concentration. I mean, it's just like their mind is somewhere else. Uh, I don't know whether this is the toughest team Tom Izzo has had to reach, In his 29 seasons but i know what he's saying and i think they're hearing him but it's just going up into the ethernet
2: jack i don't know if you recall back in the fall before before the season and before really things started going and all that and um Tom was talking about the team and, you know, how yeah. they were ranked highly and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, you know, somebody asked the question, and I don't remember who it was that asked the question uh, about, do you have any concerns with this team? Yeah. And, yeah, the one thing he said. Leadership. I don't, leadership, yeah. I don't know who the yeah. leader is on this team. And I think yeah. here it is on February the 26th we still don't know who the leader is on that team, you know?
3: I think their best leader got shot at a party. Could be. It very well could be. I mean, we're really – Not saying he'd be starting. Not saying he would even be the sixth man. But watching him with the other players, he's got that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And,
2: you know, you just wonder sometimes if – if that wouldn't have occurred, uh, you know, where would this team be? I mean, yeah. um, no mocking the, some of the guys that are out there, but you look at when when certain players are out there, they're just not producing. And uh, yeah. whether it's center position or uh, – Guard position after the the NCA tournament last year, we were all talking about uh, you know that this is a team to be reckoned with more than likely because of what was returning, and you know there were guys that came back. I mean Tyson Walker, yeah. you yeah. saw great, you know that that's good. Then we had more experience than
3: you could ever get in the portal.
2: Ab- absolutely, and um, then you had Akins and Hogard. You know that you ended up uh, had to wait for them to uh, you know they. they things out with the NBA and you thought okay well these guys are going to come back focused they know what they got to do they're going to be performing at a very high level um, the only one who has come back well and I, I, I shouldn't say the only one but you know Walker has done what he's needed to do uh, Malik Hall in my mind you know has started to really turn it on and he's yeah. you know without Malik Hall this team would be down the tubes big
3: time and I thought he should but, have the ball more. Mm-hmm. down the stretch yesterday he had it one time and he lost it and they yeah. never went back to him but he was you know as far as the score rebounder again he did a lot of things right uh, it wasn't perfect but uh i think malik hall is their best player now maybe he hasn't been for all the season but right now he's the best thing they've got that, that's absolutely true. And and that's a guy you want to have the ball in his hands because
2: they're gonna be keying in on Walker. They're gonna think the you know, the last shot's going to Walker. But you know what? Uh Hall, you know, he was five and nine yesterday and you know, he can hit a three point shot, you know, every once in a while and that. So yeah. um but, you know, the expectation I think for a lot of fans is the fact that you had all these guys coming back and you you yep. thought that they were gonna be playing at such a high level because of the NBA stuff, and it right. just—it it just hasn't happened. It just has not happened for whatever reason. Um, yeah, a lot of the blame goes on the center position, but you know, I thought Booker did okay yesterday. Yeah, you know, not bad, um, not bad.
9: Yeah, it was a improvement.
3: He was better now situationally. What are they going to do at Purdue? Uh, is Zach Edy going to break him in half? Or are they going to let him roam the perimeter and try to bring Edie away from the basket? Uh, is Booker going to foul out in five minutes? Is he even going to get in the game? We don't know any of that. People say, "Well, you know, Michigan State's got four centers. They might need them all against Zach. They might need them all at the same time. If you <laughs> let all four of them out there together, they would have a chance to stop him." What if What if Tom
2: came up with a with a a strategy of I'll put four guards out there at the same time and go small against E.D.? Yeah, Edie'll eat them up well,
3: inside.
7: He scores six, like that.
3: but that's all right.
7: I mean, I I really think
3: that the way to play Purdue is to try to take advantage of that. And uh, I don't know, I'd mix it up a lot, but there'd be times where I'd say, okay, we're going to front the post or we're going to do something else. He doesn't zone, but we're going to do something else. We're going to do some gimmick defense because they can't beat him straight up. They cannot do it. They've tried it. They don't have the people to do it. It's not possible. So... Uh, maybe they need to bring him away from the basket and try to have a you know a 90 to 88 game. Uh, whatever they did, it hasn't worked for three years uh, not since Tyson Walker hit that shot I guess was the only time it has. yeah so, I mean I mean you look you look at Cooper and Susoko
2: yesterday you know they were a minus 11 combined when they were on the yeah, floor yeah and uh, uh, it's gonna be a lot worse you know against yeah. Purdue.
3: I want to talk to you about one other basketball thing and then touch on hockey very briefly. Um, Basketball now, the NCAA, I don't know whether it's I just feel like an old man get off my lawn. But uh, the changes in the game now with unlimited uh, inducements to come play for a team, the poaching off of rosters during the season, coaches trying to lure other players in the handshake line, and now you've got to deal with the NCAA tournament expanding. It looks like the football playoff going from four to twelve, on its way to sixteen was one thing, but now they're talking about ninety-six teams in the basketball tournament. As I've said how many times, Rob? Follow the money.
2: Yeah, you that's know that. You know, and that's that's the same part of it all. It's like okay, ninety-six. 96- Teams. Do you need 96 teams in the tournament? Yeah, I know it's all about the money in that. But yeah. I hate to say this, you know, at the, at the rate of the way these broadcasting the games is going, they're going to be on streaming services, which yeah. all of us hate, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And,
3: um, you know who likes he... it? Coaches well, love it because uh, they all have bonuses for making the tournament, which will be watered down. And a few of them will get fired. You know, if you don't make the tournament two years in a row now, your job's in jeopardy. Well, you know, it's make it like the high school tournament. Let everybody in if that's what you want to
2: do. Well, we'll, so, we'll see how many coaches, stupid. you know, really, really appreciate it and never say that because they still got to deal with NIL and all
3: that yeah, other baloney
2: yeah. and that. And it's just it's a shame.
3: All right. Very quickly, uh, Michigan State Hockey at Wisconsin, a two-point lead, two games to go. They need to get two points for the weekend too that would be an overtime win shootout win or just a couple of overtime appearances obviously a split in the series would would more than do it that would be a tie that would be an outright championship but either way it'd be a number one seed so that'll be interesting to watch and that is not the game that was supposed to be televised by btn i don't know why they have to set the lineup for this so early. I mean, it's not like the logistical part of getting the truck there. Is that difficult that they can't go from one city to another? Uh, I don't know why they need to do that. Obviously, this is the series. This is the one that everyone wants to watch. And I want to talk for just a second about the Red Wings, Bob. What is going on at Little Caesars Arena? It certainly isn't for basketball. But what's going on there with the Wings and Patrick Kane? Has everybody have a better week? I tell you what, that is probably the signing of the year in
2: the National Hockey League because uh, here's a guy, it's the, you know, he's come back from all his injuries and yeah. stuff like that, and he's having one hell of a year, uh, comeback player of the year possibly in the NHL, and uh, he's, he's really meant a lot to him, and when you put him out there, you know, with that line that he's on, um boy, they're looking good right now, and uh that might be one of those teams you don't want to play uh in the playoffs uh they they look good, they really do look good you know I had a chance to see see them play Saturday afternoon yeah. uh, against St Louis, and that was just like, oh my God, boom
3: boom boom yeah. uh, actually no it's three nothing and we, we right. played only five and a half minutes, and yeah. uh, I haven't seen them live yet this year, but uh, I guess I'm going to have to. Uh, they uh, they're just playing such a well. Hockey. Well, you got to watch. You got to watch uh, how expensive those
2: tickets are if you want to go as a fan. Oh my god! No, I would be going they, as a media they, member. They, yeah, yeah. You, need, you need an oxygen mask up there in that press boxes. I don't know if you've been up
3: there yet. <laughs> I, hey, have. That thing, that, I have. <laughs> that, it's like in the clouds. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ridiculous. All right, uh, Bob. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.
7: To everyone who needs a little delight in their day, let our team member Paul tell you about one of our favorite sweet treats.
1: Making special moments at mealtime is a tradition in Wisconsin. And what better way to sweeten your day than a Culver's Creamy Fresh Frozen Custard and your favorite mix-ins? We handcraft every concrete mixer exactly the way you like. From caramel to your favorite candies like Butterfinger.
7: Come to Culver's and let us make your day a little bit sweeter. From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, welcome to delicious.
3: Hey Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Jack Evelyn here with my good friend Matt Sloan
0: at Graph of Ocumus. You got a couple new Nissan products coming. Yes, we do, Jack. It's exciting. Our Rogue, which is our number one volume vehicle at Nissan, gets a total refresh this year. New headlights, new taillights, new grille, just eye-popping. It's going to be great for us. And then we also have the all-new Kicks available on all-wheel drive this year for the first time ever. It is drop-dead gorgeous. Should be a home run for us. Fantastic. Stop and see Matt and the gang at Graph of Ocumus. They're making friends.
9: Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com. So,
8: it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Medawar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. To everyone who believes
7: in tradition, let our team member Caitlin share one that's been at the heart of Culver's since the beginning.
8: In Wisconsin, we love a good fish fry and bringing folks together over a fresh meal. It's why we still hand batter our North Atlantic cod and cook it crispy golden to order. Sharing our Wisconsin favorites with all of you, it's the best part of our day.
7: Come to Culver's and get a taste of our fish fry tradition. From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to delicious.
10: Lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers
4: appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land.
3: Welcome back, it is The Drive with Jack, Spotlight Radio Network, good job Rob, always great to hear Ernie Harwell want to welcome in Jim Stark Michigan sports Legacy Conservancy dedicated to preservation of all things sports in the state and and Detroit Tigers correspondent really correspondent for all the Detroit Pro teams for this show and a guy who goes to spring training might have the record for all-star games attended are you in Lakeland right now I am
4: I am I'm sitting in the parking lot outside uh, March <laughs> stadium trying to get out of the traffic jam. It actually, was pretty crowded today. But, uh, but hey, Rob, you could not have picked a better a better uh, uh, entree to, to our, our subject today than Ernie because it feels like Ernie down here, I'll tell you that.
3: <laughs> well, uh, how did these Tigers look today?
4: If the season ended today, Jack, I could say they, they couldn't look any better. <laughs> Eight pitchers threw a two-hitter a shutout, and they won four to nothing.
3: Wow, well, these aren't the pitchers who appeared against the Yankees on Saturday, right?
4: Well, I don't think so. But but I tell you, uh, the pitchers that did pitch today um, all pitched well, with the exception of one who did fight his way through it. But but Jack Flaherty um, started today, who is the you know potential ace of the staff, uh, depending on what and what Terry Schubel uh, and Casey Mines do. He certainly is the most experienced. Um, he pitched one inning. Uh, Struck out two 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 of the three batters he faced, and sat down for the day, and, and, and couldn't have had a better start to his Tiger career.
3: Wow! And uh, you think that he's going to be that effective could over be. the long could haul?
4: Be. He has the most experience of any Tiger starter. He's proven to be a top a top of the or, uh, rotation pitcher wherever he's gone. It's, it's 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 going back to what I said earlier in my note to you, Jack. It's an if. If he stays yeah. healthy, yes, he could be that kind of a. Of, of a twelve to fourteen game winner,
3: his uh, ERA last year, Jim, four point nine nine. That's five runs a game. Uh, that's not motivating me very much.
4: Well, again, you, you, you've got to remember everyone's got a zero record down in Florida, right? And yeah, uh, but but yeah. if, if you look at his track record, though, now he did he has been hurt uh, the last couple of years. They say he's healthy now, so we'll yeah. see. But he, he's got that kind of experience. It, Hey, listen, it all depends on the kind of team you have behind you, too, right? If you've got right. a team that can field and, and can really play, that's going to save you X number of, of earned runs and all that kind of stuff. So, but I will say this though: um, before I, I, get, I get into the, the game itself, Jack, I do have some kind of sad news about March and Field. Now, now, Rob won't understand it because his Red Sox they they uh, train over in Fort Myers in one of those those beautiful new complexes, right? Mm-hmm. But the Tigers have trained in Lakeland in the, the same location since, since the '40s, right? They're the longest-standing uh, uh, of any of the spring training sites. And the cool thing, Jack, and you've been down here, you know, it's built on the location of a former uh, Air Force uh, uh, um, uh, a, a uh, Air,
6: Air, airport,
4: Air Force uh, base. Mm-hmm. And, it, and one of the cool things about it is. Right in the middle if you still see the hangars that are still there from those you know World War II air uh airport days hmm. they're going to tear those down.
3: Oh yeah. For what Plans reason? Are, they got something else they got to put in yep,
4: real yep, estate. Yep, they, Follow they, the they, money, they, Rob. Well, they, here's right. the, thing. the 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 the, the March stadium in and Lake in and, and Tigertown is owned by the city of Lakeland, not by the Tigers, okay? Oh, I didn't know and, that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's owned by the city of Lakeland. And and they wanted to lock up the tigers for extension of their contract, and they Mm -hmm. did. But apparently, they promised them a lot of improvements, new facilities, Mm -hmm. expanded facilities, new offices. In order to do that, they've got to tear down these um, the 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 uh, the air Air fort remnants because it's right in the middle. Those hangars are right in the middle of the complex. In order to expand where they are, they've got to tear those down. So it just it's one more nail in the coffin of the old time spring training sites, you know, where they were like neighborhood fields almost. Uh, And now when you look around at at just about everybody, but a couple, there are these beautiful complexes that look like mini major league stadiums. There's very few that don't look like that anymore. The Tigers are kind of one of them, but this is going to be one more nail in that coffin of the old time spring training sites.
3: Of the players you saw today, uh, who look like you really want to see them again here at Comerica Park?
4: Well, I, I, again, I thought I thought Flirty in his one inning um, it, it did well. Again, everyone pitched well. The to, to pitcher, a, a two hit shutout, on, and in any yeah. time of the year is always good. I thought Tyler Holton, the big left-hander, you remember from last year. Yes. He looks like the, you ever watched the movie The Natural? Yeah. At the very end, where they bring that left-hander out of the bullpen, the big raw-boned blonde kid. That's what this guy looks like. He's huge. Hmm. And he had a good year last year. He looked good today. Will Best looked good today. Uh, Joey Wentz, um, if you remember, we talked about him last year. He's the left-hander yeah. who throws been – now, he got in a bit of trouble, had bases loaded, one out, but then proceeded to strike two guys out and get out of the inning. But, again, that seems to have been Wentz's problem last year was he, he would hurt himself too much. He'd
3: shoot he struck out much. five guys in two innings?
4: No, no, no. He, he struck out the last two of the – at bases loaded, one out and struck out the last two batters and to get out of that inning.
3: Well, it says here in the box score that he had five strikeouts oh, today. That's he, right, he did. Two that's right, the in- yeah, Must that's have right. struck out the side in the other inning.
4: The, the, the inning before, yep. Yep, yep. But, again, he throws 95 miles an hour. And, and yeah. a left-hander who throws that hard is always going to have a, a job in the Major League Baseball. Uh, right. But but will the Tigers be able to use him? Can he be consistent enough? See, that goes back to my my, my point of the day, though, Jack, is it's all about the ifs, Right? Again, I I, I, yeah. I talked to some, some of the people, you know, uh, I, I talked to some of the media that I, I could get to today, and, mm-hmm. and they all said the same thing. That, that mid-80 win discussion that we heard John Morosi throw out there last yeah. week is there if, right, if the pitchers stay healthy, if Casey Mize comes back as a productive uh, pitcher, if the bullpen continues to develop. And on the hitting side, the big if is, Can the young guys who who showed so much last year, uh, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, uh, Carpenter, if they can continue to improve, they don't have to be great, but continue to improve from last year, um, can they do that? That's another one of the big ifs.
3: For Riley Green, I don't know how much he needs to improve, but he needs to stay healthy.
4: Well, that's it, yeah. He he needs to continue on his track uh, uh, of, of where he's been going, right, and stay healthy. They all have to stay healthy. That's another one of the biggest. This team has no depth beyond those guys. Uh, Now they did do this interesting signing, Jack. That it got by me, but over the weekend they signed Gino Urshela, Gio Urshela. And if you know his name, yeah, Gio, yeah, Yankees, yeah, yeah. and 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 kind of had a a good couple good years. He's he's a good defensive infielder, plays third base, shortstop. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's sort of the infield version of Mark Kana. Because if, if I looked at his stats, he's not—he's not a you know a guy that's going to run an all-star season at you, but he can play the position. He, he he can be adequate at a major level. Now now, Kenna again—if you look at his stats, you know his his average 162 a game average over his career has been 21 home runs and 70 RBIs. If he were to approach that this year, the Tigers would be thrilled. And the same thing with Rochella. if he could be at just given his average year, they'd be thrilled.
3: Where's Kenna gonna bat in the order? Well today they had a cleanup. And, so he's batting again, cleanup and you have twenty one home runs and seventy RBI. Jim, that's not major league cleanup hitters stats.
4: They don't have one, Jack. That's the whole problem. The only guy right now on the roster that could approach those kind of stats is Torkelson. And they want him in the yeah. three slot. You know, I'm gonna come back again, to
3: I, this. Has J D signed? What's that? Nope. Has nope, J.D. Nope.
4: Martinez and I, and I asked, signed? I, I, I no, he's not. And I asked, I threw his name out today in my discussions, and apparently the, the, the Tigers, if anything, we might be worried about is his, his, his age, and can he keep still producing at that level? Uh,
3: but well, he produced last year at that level. Yes,
4: he, yeah, he did. And, and again, I think he could fall like,
3: off and still be better than Mark Kana on his best day.
4: Well, if his price comes down, maybe that might more
3: interesting. There time. we go. Now we're but, talking.
4: Oh yeah, the oh, Tigers but, 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 are
3: trying to nickel and dime this thing.
4: Well, they're not ready to spend that kind of money on a on a thirty five year old who can only DH, right? When are they going to be
3: willing to spend this money? This is a
4: division well, that remember, can be won. Yeah, remember, this uh, 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 inch. He values flexibility. He loves to be able to to put guys in different. He wants to use the DH. As a, as a day off for an everyday player, a strategic, he doesn't want an everyday D.H. They, they had that with Cabrera, and they didn't like it. It clogged the lineup too much. It, did, it hurt their flexibility. So that's part of the problem with J.D. Martinez. is that we'd have to be an everyday D.H. And I don't think he, they want that. But going back to the lineup today, if you run down the lineup, and I know you, you expressed some surprise when I sent you that note, uh, you know, they had uh, uh, Akil Badu, Riley Green, mm-hmm. Spencer Torkelson, uh, Mark Canna, Colt Keith, uh, Javier Baez, Matt Verling, Jake Rogers and Ryan Kreiber. If if that was close to the lineup and that was the, they had a really good spring to earn those spots, Tigers would not be opposed to that because it puts Colt Keith in the lineup, it get, it puts uh, Verling in the lineup, um it gets Purdue in the it gets speed, but I don't think they are all going to be there, but it just was interesting today's lineup is something that I would guess that if Hinch had an opening day, he would not be opposed to
3: all right. Here's what frustrates me so much with this. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, you cannot compare him to JD Martinez. Uh first of all, he's making twice as much as, as JD was is going to make. But last year, how many home runs did Miggy have? Uh more than I think he had two, two more than you did, or three three more than you did. Yeah, he had 4. Yeah, okay. four more than you did. He yep. he rallied. He finished with four. J.D. Martinez had 33 home runs and 103 RBI. Uh, who won the Tigers did better than that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody.
4: Well, again, I I, I think again it, it's so early. I've never been down to spring training this early, Jack. Normally, I go down like the third week of March. Yeah. And the rosters are much more set. But it's so early right now. They're still. I mean, it was by the end of the game today. It was that. It was who was that? Who was that? You know, like you normally see in the spring games, but um, but I wouldn't rule out JD Martinez at all, especially if this, if this team solidifies and they say, you know what, we could dedicate a slot to a JD Martinez. I, I don't like Mark Canna in 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 the uh, in the leadoff spot any more than you do, uh, and I think it's and it's that's a big hole you in mean their the lineup. Spot I clean up It's a it's a hole in their lineup to not have a, a really. Proven productive hitter, everyday hitter like 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 a JD Martinez. So they're not done. I don't I don't think for a second they're done. I don't I don't think signing Urshela and, and, and Cana is going to be their big moves. But as of now, though, they want to see what these young guys can do. They want to see they want to see what Colt Keith can do. They want to see what um, uh, Jace Young could do. Now I, I do have a couple things I want to throw out to you today, Jack. Yeah, I've got a couple of my Canis for spring training phenom. Ooh, okay. Okay, so here's where I'm going with this. I think for on the on the pitching side, Jackson Job. Now he's he's a well known guy. He was a overall first, or like yeah. one of the first, uh, and he's he's moved right up in the system, right. But he's been injury free. Like that, that's a nice thing to say about one of their young pitchers because none of the other guys have been. Between mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, 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 Turk Schubel mm-hmm. and and, and uh, the rest of their young guys, they all been hurt. Right? At one time or another, they've all Jackson Jove has not been injured at all, so that looks good. I think he might be the guy that, that could really draw some attention as making the opening day roster as a starter. Not gonna put him in the bullpen, right? But on the hitting side, here's my guy. His name's Brady Allen. He's a guy they got in the trade good last home run today. year. He did. Uh he's a the guy they got in the trade last year with the with the Marlins. He's an outfielder. He's 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 only been in the in the minors three years, but he's he's an everyday Player, and he's got some pop in his back as you saw today, right? But if you, I went back and did some some research, he's not been above, below 840 in OPS in any of his uh, last two seasons, right? So well, that's maybe, what Hobby
3: had the last two years if you add them together.
4: Yeah, yeah. So maybe if this guy can prove to be consistent with the pop, he might be something because right now he's a non roster player, right? But he's yeah. the kind of guy because they're so short of everyday players with popping their bat, okay. And again, he hit the hit the home plate to right field, and he went a long way. Uh, how many guys they have that can do that from, the, from from batting from the right side of the plate, right? Um, right. So that's my candidate for phenom as an everyday player is Brady Allen. So we'll see. Hmm.
3: All right. Uh, any other first day observations?
4: Yeah, a, a couple, um, you know, you'll appreciate this. this might be kind of inside baseball for, for, for our listeners, but I want to tell you this. You've been in, in many, many Major League Baseball press boxes, right, over your years? A few, If you, yeah. if, if you picture it, the guy in the middle of the front row is always the, the official score, right? Right in the middle of the front yes. row is always the official score. Not so yeah. in Lakeland. You know who the guy was in the middle of the front row and, and, and kind of pushed the score off the side? No. The guy running the clock's for the pitching times. Oh. That's the guy that was because he had buttons, he's got things to put. but it's almost like that's become a key spot is making sure that's done right because the game moves along. No question about it, but it's amazing how technology has changed now and that's almost a more important spot than the official score.
3: Hmm. Okay, so, that's interesting. And,
4: yeah, and then and then I also um, uh, you know, it, it was interesting because in, in the in the in the uh, concourse down below, uh, like every ballpark now, they always have all these things going on. Well, they had a an auction to benefit the Ted Williams Foundation and also the Detroit Tigers Foundation. They were partnering together in this auction. So, and all the mm-hmm. stuff you see at auctions, silent auctions, this one's signed by this guy, this was signed by that guy. But I, I noted the two pieces that were sitting right together. There was uh-huh. a signed picture of Denny McLean and a signed jersey <laughs> of Jose Canseco. Right next week, other. Yeah. So, yeah. I, how much did I, you bid for those? Did not bid for them, but they were down in the bad boy corner. But I will tell you, there <laughs> was there, the the top bidding piece that I saw was a signed autograph by Alan Trammell, as it should be.
3: Wow! And See, what was that they, on?
4: Uh, it was on it was on an autograph or a photo. What was photo? Okay, okay. Yeah. But they, and they had an alkaline piece, but no autograph. He was second. Oh, uh, but 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 that but that was I just found that I thought that, I thought the Denny McLean uh, Jose Cancico, uh pairing was very 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 interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah, kind of the the bad boy. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. That's so the bad, and, and, I, uh, When did you get ahead. there? What's that? When did you arrive? In Florida or at the ballpark today? In Florida. Yesterday. Okay, so. How are you spending the rest of your time? I know you're not at the ballpark from seven a.m. to seven p.m.
4: Well, no, I'm going to go home and I'm going to study stats all night, Jack. I'm going to I'm going to get out. <laughs> I, I, I I will study between now and midnight all about the players tomorrow, so I can know everything about every player when I see them play tomorrow.
3: You'll be at the pool, or you'll be at some sports. I will bar. find
4: something fun to do. Yes. And, and then and I'll, be, I'll be back to park tomorrow, and then and then we'll see uh, the tomorrow's game, if it's any different today. Probably not, but, again, this is starters play early, and then you run all the guys in. And, again, I think, I think a guy like Brady Allen took great advantage of that opportunity today by hitting that big home run.
3: All right, I have to ask you about split squad games. Oh, boy, yes. How, how many of these do the Tigers have? Good
4: question. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly how many. Hang on. I've got it right here. They've got, um, let's see, maybe three or four or four. four the whole so team.
3: how do they decide? I mean, do they just say, okay, our best guys are going here, our maybe uh, first-year guys are going here? Do they mix it up? Uh, well, it, it, part of it depends on where the split squad is going to. If it's going oh. for
4: a three-hour ride, ain't no veterans <laughs> going on that bus.
3: Yeah, yeah. They're all
4: staying home. But but I'll tell you they, they they've got one at, at the one uh, at Baltimore, is is tomorrow. So I would say that's a pretty far. That's a that's a good two hour, maybe three hour ride. You won't see many veterans going tomorrow to Baltimore. Um, New York is the next one after that, and that's close. That's Tampa. So you might see a smattering of veterans going to that game, and then the last two are excuse me. There's actually five. Two are at Toronto, which is which is. Um, which is not far. Well, it's actually it's it's over near Clearwater in Dunedin. That you might see some some veterans dropping off, um, and then um, so so again, it depends on the bus ride and who they want to get work. You might see some pitchers go on a split squad on the road because they want to get more innings to them. But generally, the home game of a split squad game is going to have much more familiar names, and I expect them to see that tomorrow.
3: All right, what kind of crowd did they have today?
4: About half about half full. Um, they had 9,000 um, for their – they played the first game against the, the Yankees, um, and, and that was – they had 9,000 and changed for that game. But today was about half, I'd say maybe forty five hundred, which is a good crowd. Um, but it's early, and it was, you know, in Houston, you know. But um, those – it was a beautiful day, though, which really always draws people. So I'd say the, the, the Tigers draw well. well. What's interesting is when I first started going down there, they only sat about four thousand people in the stadium. They had some parking. The parking lots have really expanded because if they have nine thousand people, they got to park them somewhere. So now, instead of being that quaint little stadium with a you know, they got parking as far as you can see.
3: Hmm. And what are the ticket prices?
4: Um, you know, I, it's a great question. I, they're under twenty bucks, and that's one of the great values of going to spring training. And, and not only is it cheaper. You can get up closer to the, to the players. They'll sign autographs they'll never do during the regular season. You feel part of the game because Everybody's closer. So it's, it's really, for anyone who's never done spring training and they're a baseball fan, it is truly a unique experience without a doubt.
3: So when most fans, let's say they want to get a spring break, Michigan State, in fact, is on a spring break right now, uh, decide to head to Florida and catch some spring training baseball, do they anchor in the Lakeland area and uh, just stay there, watch the games at Joker Marchant, or do they travel around and follow the team wherever it's going for a week? Well, that, that, that's
4: great. I mean, it all depends on how, how, and how uh, uh, dedicated a fan they are. There's, it used to be they had three teams all in Polk County. The, the, there was there was uh, Cincinnati. There was the Indians, and they were all in and, and Detroit. They were all within a half hour of each other, right? You could see games anywhere those those three fields within. Now though, the closest field is Tampa, and, and, and the furthest ones are, are Palm Beach and, and Jupiter. So to go to other other, you got to be pretty dedicated to go to other fields and tra- and follow them around. There's nothing close. Tampa's about an hour and a half away. That's or a good hour. That's the closest. So, what I would say if you want to see you know as much baseball as possible is pick a pick a time when they've got two or three home games in a row and then stay based in lakeland and just because driving anywhere in Florida as anyone will tell you is miserable i four is packed all the time between Tampa uh lakeland, and orlando it's just always packed, so driving around is not as easy as you might think, especially as spring right now it's quiet here in in, in Florida another two weeks once uh march comes it's spring break and all of a sudden everything gets busier so if you want to see baseball i try to stay as much as close to lakeland as you can if you want to see other parks that's great it'll take a lot more planning and plan on driving a lot to get to the other parks Mm -hmm. but but again you're you're you're, if if you want to come down now if you want to make lakeland one day and you're going to disney with the grandkids or whatever that's great you know just stay near orlando make the drive over and go back um, but if you want to make it a baseball trip, you want to base yourself around Orlando or around Lakeland.
3: All right, sounds good. Well, we will talk to you again tomorrow at the same time, right? Yep,
4: yep. Uh, yeah, uh, hopefully after another two notes. hit shutout. Well, I, don't hold your breath, Jack. It could be fourteen to twelve tomorrow, as much as anything, because you never know about these spring games. Today was exceptionally well played, exceptional defense, and really good pitching. This early in spring training is unusual. Uh, however, we'll say this. The pitching is usually ahead of the hitting this time of the year, and that's proved to be the case today. Uh, but uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
3: You know, I was going to tell you one more thing about that 20-run uh, yield they had against the Yankees. Yeah. Do you know the Lions had eight games they played last season where they didn't give up 20 points?
4: <laughs> so the Tigers aren't doing well as the Lions. I got it. We, well, you know what? If they did as well as the Lions this year, Jack, I'd be thrilled.
3: If they did as well as the Red Wings, I'd be thrilled. Yeah.
4: Hey, couple more notes. I forgot. I got things about the Astros from today. I wanted to mention. Number one, they signed Josh Hader, who's been that tough lights out All Star, five time uh, National League All Star left handed reliever for Milwaukee. He's now on the Astros. He makes them that that much really. tougher. And also Jose El- Altuve, who, who I think is a Hall of Fame track yeah. kind of guy. He yeah. just signed a five year extension. He'll be with the Astros basically through 2029. He'll be. He may end up being one of those very rare one-team career-type players.
3: Wow! All right. Well, great. We will talk with you again tomorrow. Good. Have fun. Uh, don't get arrested. All right. And remember, I'll be hard at work studying
4: those stats all night tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call.
3: Night. I'm going to call you at midnight and quiz you. I'll Sounds be up. good. I'll be up. All right. <laughs> Jim Stark. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk with Mike Rowe. He is the head coach of the back-to-back Big Ten regular season Women's Gymnastic Champions, Michigan State. A perfect conference record. She'll have some work to do in the Big Ten tournament. But uh, we're going to talk with him. uh, Big Ten championship, I should say. But that is in Jenison Fieldhouse, Rob. So looking forward to that. And we're also going to be joined by Nikki Smith. A tremendous athlete, and if you have not seen any of her routines, you can just check out the Michigan State Gymnastics X site, and uh, you'll be dizzy watching her. We'll be right back on The Drive with Jack. Hey, Spartan fans. When you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall.
7: To everyone who believes in tradition, let our team member Caitlin share one that's been at the heart of Culver's since the beginning.
8: In Wisconsin, we love a good fish fry and bringing folks together over a fresh meal. It's why we still hand batter our North Atlantic cod and cook it crispy golden to order. Sharing our Wisconsin favorites with all of you, it's the best part of our day.
7: Come to Culver's and get a taste of our fish fry tradition. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love. welcome to delicious. Delicious.
9: Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com.
3: Jack Ebbling here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Ocumus. we got a brand new Traverse and brand new
0: Equinox coming in. Yes, we do, Jack. My favorite time of year. Anytime we get new product, it is just awesome. We've got the brand new Traverse built right here in Lansing, completely redesigned. It is absolutely spectacular. And then we have our number one volume vehicle month in and month out, the all-new Equinox. Same thing, completely redesigned. It is awesome. Stop and see Matt and the gang here at Graph of Ocumus. They're making
3: friends.
7: To everyone who needs a little delight in their day, let our team member Paul tell you about one of our favorite sweet treats.
1: Making special moments at mealtime is a tradition in Wisconsin. And what better way to sweeten your day than a Culver's Creamy Fresh Frozen Custard and your favorite mix-ins? We handcraft every concrete mixer exactly the way you like. From caramel to your favorite candies like Butterfinger.
7: Come to Culver's and let us make your day a little bit sweeter. From Wisconsin Wisconsin with love, welcome to delicious.
3: Hey Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Welcome back. It is The Drive with Jack. Spotlight Radio Network. Hall of notes for you. Uh, Want to welcome in our next guest. We have them both on the line, Rob? Yes, we do. All right. Let's start with Michigan State head women's gymnastics coach, Mike Rowe. Aren't many guys can say they have back-to-back Big Ten championships, but as I think he will tell you, the best is yet to come for this team and for this program. Mike, congratulations on uh, the Big Five meet championship! Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's, yeah, it's. I, I was just telling Rob, it's still kind of uh,
5: surreal, and we're even a couple days out, we're still kind of got to be pins. <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, I was at the hockey game Friday night. Uh, I was lot more fun on Saturday night, but I was there on Friday and I yeah. came back, and I had taped your meet and uh, sat down to watch it. A terrific performance, and the broadcasters could not say enough good things about Michigan State Gymnastics. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I haven't had a
5: chance to see all of it, but I've heard some really nice comments and things that came from the color commentators and uh, just you know overall the opinions of the production itself and how uh, big
3: tension to is is getting competitive. Yeah, yeah. It was a good show. Well, you have so many excellent athletes, and you never know which one is going to be the star in any given meet. Uh, we know what Skyla can do in the all-around, and uh, we had you know? Sage Kellerman on the show. But uh, yeah. you have some others, and, and you have a terrific sister uh, <laughs> who is with us today. Do you want to do the introduction on Nikki? Oh, I'd love to. to.
5: Yeah, very fortunate to have uh, Nikki Smith as a sophomore this year. Uh, needless to say, she did huge things last year on the team when we shared the regular season championship with um, Michigan, but, um, you know, has gone to do even bigger things this year. 10-01 um, vault, 10-01 floor. Um, she just never ceases to amaze us, and, you know, what a sweetheart. Uh, there's nothing, nothing that, you know, surpasses all of our expectations that we ever thought when we recruited her, and we're just so fortunate to have her because she's the whole package.
3: Mike, normally uh, an athlete has one event that's kind of like their calling card, and maybe they're all rounder, mm-hmm. but how many athletes have you had who've had tens in <laughs> two different events?
5: Yeah, uh, in, in my 20 years coaching collegiate, uh, good coach, coaching college gymnastics, none. <laughs> 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 it's a new thing for all of us.
3: <laughs> Nikki, congratulations on your performance and that of the team. What's different this year when you can say we're the outright champions? I'm not sharing it with anybody. Oh, thank you.
12: And I just think We all are contributing a lot, and I feel like we all are getting more confident with our gymnastics, and we all um, just have high expectations for ourselves, so I think that's what's different. We expect more out of ourselves, and I think we can do it also.
3: All right, Mike. uh, I'm listening to Nikki's voice, and it's the first time Mm -hmm. it's registered to me how mild and meek she sounds. And then you watch her out on uh, the mat, or she's doing the vault, and she's this dynamo. This voice does not go with this athlete. I know. It's hard to figure out, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. She may be a little bit shy, but don't let it yeah. don't let it fool you. <laughs>
3: you she's not that act, shy so he... out on the mat. We know her. When oh she's no, on her she,
5: she saves oh. her energy. That's for sure. <laughs> Nikki, you know, what's that it like? Those, yeah, go ahead. One of those people that doesn't have to talk about it. She just goes watch me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
3: that's that's the best way. You know, I, I used to love uh, Barry Sanders when he would score a touchdown, and he didn't have any histrionics. He just hand the ball to the ref and. He said, you know, you want to act like you've been there before. So that's right. kind of like that. Nikki, what's it like to have a sister on the team? You're the younger sister, yes. but uh, you've got that family thing going, and, and now this entire team is a
12: family. Yeah, I love being on the same team as my sister. Um, it was a very helpful for me uh, just to have that bigger person here for me for my two years. And having someone that I can go to and that understands me deeply, and so, and we always get along. So we're always having fun and a good time in and out the gym. So it's it's a great feeling just having someone that's close to me and just being there whenever I need her.
3: All right, how does Nikki Smith have fun when you're not <laughs> flipping through the air? What do you like to do?
12: Um, I like to shop. Um, (laughs) Um, watch TV and hang out with my friends or teammates.
3: Well, you start to get some name, image, and likeness money. We know where Mm -hmm. we can find her, Mike. She'll be in uh, some clothing store (laughs) somewhere. Uh, Yeah. So having a sister already here, how did that help your decision? You were an elite gymnast. Could have gone a lot of different places. Uh, But having uh, Nia here, uh, how did that change things for you? And what had she told you about Coach Rowe and Michigan State Gymnastics?
12: Um, She told me a lot of great things about our coaches. They're very passionate in what they do, and you can see that the love they have for this team. And just when I was going on her visit and I was always there with her, I could see that this team was like, very family-oriented, and you could like, see that they're being themselves, and they're close with the coaches. And so when visiting myself, made me feel they made me feel very welcomed, and it felt like home before I even got there.
3: What's your major? What are you studying?
12: Um, studio art.
3: Studio art. What do you want <laughs> to do with that after the Olympics?
12: <laughs> um, I want to do nails and the uh, nail tech. Really? Yeah.
3: Okay, well, yeah, come back, and you can do the nails for all the athletes on the team. That would be interesting, <laughs> right. too. Yes,
12: that would be great.
3: <laughs> uh, Mike, how did you find Nikki? You probably knew her through her sister and all the elite competitions she'd been winning, right? Exactly. We've been
5: watching her for a long time, and we were very fortunate to get her sister Naya at the time. And, you know, Naya's been an all rounder for us, from her, right, from right. the minute she stepped on campus and done great things for us and just knowing that Nikki someday would be coming down the pike but not knowing, you know, what her interest would be or where she'd consider going or whatever. When she came to see us, we were like, oh, boy, this could be real good. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, yeah, we had no idea.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, Nikki, what's your favorite event and what's your best event?
12: Um. My favorite event would probably be floor, just being able to perform and show personality that not everyone gets to see. And then my favorite—no, I mean my best is probably vault. Okay,
3: uh, you got a terrific vault team. I'm thinking about yeah. Sage and you. You—that's you, that's a powerhouse event for Michigan State. Uh, when you are, you've really got one going and it's a, it's a 10-worthy routine, whether the judges recognize it or not. When do you know, is it while you're in the air, is it when you land, is it when you hear the crowd reaction, that uh, that's about as good as it can be done?
12: Um, probably when I land and when everyone's cheering and after I finish and turn around and all my teammates are. Have- Running towards me like after a vault on four, that's when I know that it was like a very good routine.
3: And how much better can you get? We know how good you are as a sophomore. Are you just scratching the surface? Uh, you just have to tweak a few things? What's next for you?
12: Um, I feel like I can definitely get better uh, with consistency and the little things like form, but... I feel like I'm pretty strong on a lot of things, and there's always more room for improvement.
3: Mike, we've talked a little bit about this before, but when you have a sophomore like Nikki, and she's had perfect scores, and she's so personable, how does that help you in recruiting other elite gymnasts? Oh, it, I mean, it helps a lot. Um,
5: you know, it, it comes from you know, Nikki's past with a Nassia Lukan history and her qualifying qualifying to Nassia Logan so many times you know, in her Jo and DP career, and then winning it her la- her senior year in high school, coming to us. You know, everybody we pro- well we definitely had more five star recruits and four star recruits coming to campus this last year than, than we've had since I know I've been here. Um, mm-hmm. And that's and it's for that reason they want to go where the talent is and where the, so they see the success starting to happen. So it's really helped us in our recruiting. And, and most right. of them know her, too. They know her personality, so that helps, too, you know?
3: Yeah. The women's gymnastics schedule is interesting, if not unique. Uh, you've got a break here now between league competition and uh, March 23rd, right? Yeah, we have uh, three, two home meets and an away meet down in Texas before the 23rd, yeah. Is gymnastics the only sport that ends its conference season and then has non-conference stuff before they have their conference meet or conference tournament? I, you know, I really couldn't be
5: be getting even close to answering that question. But I know, you know, some some sports have the outdoor sports have like like an early fall and then they finish in the spring, or they have a separate short fall yeah. and a little more in the spring, too. So I just think what's what's unique about our sport, and it's going to be even different next year because, yeah. you know, two new teams come to the Big Ten. Um, right. It's nice because we can get out of our region. We can leave our regional footprint and see some other teams, whether they SEC mm. or Pac-12 or, you know, whatever. And that's kind of nice because judging is different. You see, right. you know, different styles. You know, our team always rises to the occasion when it's, you know, out in Vegas We're and, you know, we're – going against Oklahoma in the very first week of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's it it was this season was great for us in that respect because I think it got us off to a really good start. The girls were prepared, they were hungry, and it really developed some consistency. So we've been, you know, pretty much climbing in the rankings every week and still kinda of stagnant at number eight I don't know say stagnant, but number eight right now and our mm-hmm. vault team just moved up to fourth in the country. Wow. Yeah, so So, that's huge numbers we've never had before.
3: So, Nicky, you've got a couple of meets, a couple of uh, home opportunities, great chances for fans to see uh, this terrific team before the Big Ten Championship. How do you approach this? Uh, Do you experiment a little bit? Are you just trying to perfect or fine-tune something? Obviously, uh, knock on wood, everyone wants to stay healthy. How do you deal with this up uh, for the next three, four weeks?
12: Um, Trying just to perfect and just go out there and do what we normally do. We might have some people rest some events before, like, mm-hmm. the really big meet. And mm-hmm. just making sure everyone's healthy.
3: Mike, are you done with this lineup shuffling you've been doing? I know it's great to have enough different candidates for each event, but... I look out there and sometimes I see different people. Uh, and will you do some of that in these next couple of weeks, uh, either to rest or uh, you know injury prevention, or or are you pretty well set on the six for each event?
5: No, we're we're obviously we because of the depth we're really trying to take advantage of the opportunities, and you know obviously we're still trying to set ourselves a little higher in the rankings. So when it comes to the seating at after the conference championship, we'll. Position ourselves in a right way to hopefully qualify through to, uh, you know, round three and four of the NCAA championships. So, you know, we're just trying to be real smart, um, mm-hmm. strategic, and with, you know, some of the kids are a little banged up and a little sore, and right, right. you know, there, there's no guarantees. So, you know, we're modifying. We're we're not intensifying anything. Other, than, you know, our, our plan is the same. The the methods are the same. The the, the process is the same. So. You know, we're always quality over quantity, and if the quality isn't quite there on any given day, we just rest it or move on to something else because the hammering's not going to get you the longevity that you need from any of these, you know, right. young athletes. So um, we're just trying to be real smart, and, you know, all of my staff stand on the same page because as they rotate from event to event, if they're modified on one event for a lower extremity issue or whatever, we want to keep that consistent throughout the whole workout. So... Um, you know, this, this meet particularly um, against New Hampshire on Friday evening, um, we're going to have two it's exhibitions. 7 at o'clock each. start? 7 o'clock, yep. And, okay. But we're going to have two exhibitions on each uh, event just to get some more um, experience for some of these guys that haven't had it out there. You know, we're planning ahead for next year already. You know, we want to get these guys out there and get them seen and get judged as long as we can because we won't have exhibitions at Big Ten. So it will actually help us. You know, even look, we, you know, I don't ever want to tell any of my team that our, our lineups are solidified that, you know, why would they want to try? You know, if they if we, if I was yeah. and we're at a point now, but things do seem to be going that way. But they all know it's not a guarantee. And and if, like I say, one person needs to sit out a week to rest their whatever, uh, doesn't mean we'll rest them completely, but we might rest them on a leg event, say, if they do two leg events. Um because we do have people that can step in, and we just got to be smart about it. It's, you know, we, we've been, we've been, our strategy throughout the entire preseason, preseason through now, has been, you know, not to overtrain this team. We have great things. We have, they have a lot of talent, and we have depth on each event. And, you know, overtraining them is just not, yeah, you're, 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 you're trying to get to that end product, that end result, or whatever but overtraining is not going to do that. It's just going to beat you down, and it's going to hurt them in the long run. So I think we've done really well doing that, and, you know, it's hard to say. I couldn't tell you today what my – I could probably give you half of my lineups for Friday, but I couldn't fill, you know, all six right now because we just kind of see – we have, we have one, one practice tomorrow for three hours, and on Thursday we're doing a walkthrough, which is basically just that, hour and a half. We just kind of walk through the event. You know, touch the equipment, does it out, whatever, and then Friday's the meet. We don't want to, we don't want to hammer them the day before. So,
3: Nikki, you're in exquisite physical shape, but is there something that you cannot eat that you love during the season? Maybe when the season's over, <laughs> you can uh, take advantage of that opportunity. But is there something right now that, oh man, you would just love to eat, but you can't because of training? know.
9: Um,
12: no, I already cannot eat a lot of food <laughs> because oh, okay. of my allergies. Oh. But okay. No, okay, not, good. Specifically. not really. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right.
3: Uh, Mike, you mentioned moving up in the rankings, and uh, yep. you're at eight again. I notice uh, a team from the Big Ten has moved ahead of you from 10, I think, to, or 11 up to seven. And I, as I look at that, uh, you're the Big Ten regular season champion. You've beaten that team twice. You have a higher top-end score. I think you have a higher average. Yep. So what am I missing? Well, they got to drop that score that they
5: had out in Las Vegas, finally, oh. which bumped the average up a little bit. Um, I, they, it, I yeah. don't believe they've even had a 198 yet. But we're sitting pretty, pretty solid. In the mid 197 range, and if we go uh, 197.5 and higher, we'll be right back up there again, probably top six. So, yeah. you know, we got we have three, we have four more meets to count to, you know, bring our RQS up, and that's that's the point. You know, we don't need to do anything other than what we've been doing and hit on all cylinders. You know, it's I, it's there, there's no seed I ever want to plant in these these young ladies' heads that oh my gosh we're so close we have to do this this and this. It's just yeah. do what you're capable of doing, have a blast, and let's try to put some glue on your feet. You know, that's just <laughs> that's all it is. Let's have fun. Let's put on a show and let's put some glue on our feet. So, yeah, they're <laughs> they're ready. They don't need to be stronger. They don't. I told them Friday. You don't need to be faster. You don't need to be you know tighter, stronger, anything. You are ready. You know, you've done all the work, and now it's just let's. We're at the. the the bear the bare bones minimum the, the end of this 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 ride and um, it's all gonna be fine every I, I think the more we have fun and the more we put on it like putting on a show every every meet or whatever, the more we get out of it. you know um, the crowd gets into it, the judges get into it and the scores reflect it.
3: Well your team certainly does put on a show. we know that much <laughs> and uh, looking forward to a couple of more meets you mentioned, Friday at 7, and then uh, the following weekend also? following weekend we're having a quad meet, actually,
5: with Fisk University, one of the uh, three HBCUs that's just added programs. And mm-hmm. Fisk is going to be here on Saturday at 2. It's going to be Fisk, Greenfield, and Central Michigan. So we'll have four teams all going at once.
3: Terrific. And that'll well, be our senior, I look forward to seeing night. you at uh, the Big Ten Championship. In Genesis, yeah. if not before that, and I think that's going to be a blast. You got the whole thing open, right? You're going to oh, take yeah. that curtain oh, yeah. out. And... Yep, and tickets are yeah. going fast, from what I understand. So that's a good thing too. Well, that'll give you a little uh, what uh, home venue advantage, right? For something yep. like that. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah.
5: Well, and the thing is, is it's you know the Big Ten is is really strong. I mean, I, for people who saw the first. Well, both specials this weekend at the big five meet or whatever. Friday night seemed to be like a barn burner, but it was tight. It was close. And those top four teams, us and Minnesota, Michigan, and Ohio State, it's gonna be the best ticket in town. So yeah, people need to
3: get the tickets. It's gonna be a it's gonna be crazy. Mike Rowe, head coach of the back to back. Big ten regular season champions. That sounds good. Fun saying that. And uh, star Nikki Smith. Double perfect ten. Thanks to both of you. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, Thanks so much, Jack. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That just slays me. That's something else.
12: Hey,
0: Jack. Before we go, just to confirm a rumor: you know, during your training, you don't have to stay away from any food you eat, right? During your training. No, I break training at every opportunity. There isn't any food you avoid, correct?
3: No, there is none. Okay. I'm I just on that to seafood diet. There was rumors it, going
0: it. around, and I just wanted to squash them right here.
3: Yeah. Yeah, squash them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Want to thank all of our guests today, starting with Rafael Davis. And uh, he does a fantastic job. Former producer, three-time Big Ten All-Defensive Team player and a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year and uh, now a great voice uh, covering college basketball on BTN. Uh, Bob Trippy joining us, our number one numbers cruncher, Captain Database, longtime State of Michigan sports writer. Jim Stark reporting from Lakeland, Florida, and he'll be on again tomorrow giving us a little bit of the flavor of Tiger's spring training. And then give up 20 runs, and two days later, Throw a two-hit shutout. You never know what you're going to get in uh, Major League Baseball, or in this case, maybe some Minor League Baseball, too. And Mike Rowe and Nikki Smith from the MSU Gymnastics team, back-to-back Big Ten champs. We'll be back with you tomorrow, everyone. Have a great night.